And welcome back to the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show, a podcast brought to you by the Livingston Parish News. My name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news. Appreciate you guys joining us today. We again have a special guest. We told you he'd be back. Superintendent Joe Murphy, how are you today, sir? McHugh, how are you today, man? It's a great day, right? Yes, it is a great day in paradise. <laughs> Let me tell you what. Uh, you know, we both actually are, are going through similar um, business issues at the moment. So we, we, we know how it's going uh, as we deal with COVID and certain other Absolutely. things. And that's why you're here today. Yes. And, um, you know, want to cover just a couple of uh, quick things real quick. You know, we are here establishing sort of a baseline, talking about some new CDC guidelines that discuss the importance of children going back to school, that it is important. Tied into that, and we, we talked about this a little bit, is the August 7th start date. Yeah. There are a couple of other school districts that are moving Y'all are not considering that, you know, there's the, the plans are in place except for one, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, but the plans are in place and y'all are moving forward. Tell us, you know, is there anything that could change that? Well, McHugh, let, let's be real honest. Since we've started this process, we've depend, been dependent on other governmental agencies to kind of determine the direction where we're going. So you asked me, is there something that would change uh, the, the August 7th start date? Let's just be honest here. You know, we're planning for the phase two recovery, which in Louisiana is right now, our blended uh, model of instruction would be in place. However, I have to say, any executive order coming forth from the governor delaying the start of schools would obviously impact what we do here in Livingston Parish. We have followed those executive orders up until this point, and I really could not see deviating from that if the governor comes through with an executive order that either mandates or postpones the date of uh, school starting. So, you know, really still following those state the state path and the path that the state is running. We'll find out Monday uh, or Tuesday. He's kind of been mixing it. The governor has been mixing it up on us lately, but the newest uh, phase extension runs out on August 7th, which is the start of school. So it's going to be interesting to see what he says, what he says Monday. One other thing we want to cover is just sort of a point of emphasis uh, before we really get into it. We've discussed that every school is, is kind of responding to this a little differently. They're going to have their own process still recommending that you get in touch with your school, correct? Absolutely. And and what you what I would ask people to understand is this. We are under the minimum guidelines that Bessie issued and we'll be opening our schools under those guidelines. However, what I need people to try to understand is those guidelines may look different. We've got 46 schools. We've got large schools. We've got medium schools. We've got K-12 schools. We've got 9-12 to schools. We've got 10-12 to schools. So if you really want to know what those guidelines look like, now there are some non-negotiable minimum standards in those guidelines, and we're going to meet those standards. Right. But that may look different on different campuses. So I encourage you and I implore you and and really I'm asking please be patient as our schools are trying to answer these calls our principals are there they're working on this they're establishing their A and B schedule we're looking at our C kids and we're going through all that so if you don't get that answer right right away on that phone call please just a little bit of patience while we try to ramp up to get ready to open August 7th well and and there you go folks i mean please make that call Please try to stay in touch with your schools, even if your kid is a C student, which is the virtual school. Correct. We would also ask, so we don't have to recover any ground. Please, please, please go watch the first podcast. I know it's 52 minutes. 
Watch it in segments. But there's a, it's full of information. That's why we were here for I really don't mind if people mute me or skip over me. It's okay. Well, and but I would hope that they listen to you because today a new yeah. CDC got, document has come out that is discussing, you know, positive, good reasons why kids need to return to school. Before we get into those reasons, I want to bring up one statement, and you've already discussed it. There are minimum sort of non-negotiable guidelines. One of the things at the very beginning of the paper that the CDC states is reopening schools is very much contingent on following those rules. Talk to us a little bit about that. You know, there is, let, let let me be frank and clear about this. We understand there is a risk to reopening our schools. We do. Those guidelines are put there to help us mitigate that risk. And I want to assure everybody that Livingston Parish Public Schools is doing everything they possibly can to mitigate those risks, not only to our children, but to our community. And, you know, we've got nearly 4,000 employees. We have to mitigate the risk to those employees, too. They're being asked to go back in and educate our children. We understand the the, uh, gravity of what we're asking on that. But I will tell you this. I am still a firm believer that our employees, our kids, and yes, our community wants those children back in school. And, And the new CDC guidelines really give you... A little bit of background of why they think it's important that schools reopen this fall. So, you know, let's let's talk about that for. Well, that's going to be the remainder of the podcast is talking about this new paper. Uh, But it's very interesting. And it starts off on a premise of low transmission rate among kids and and low transmission rate among kids to adults. So that's that's a very good sign for reopening schools because it's mostly kids and adults. So first and foremost, let's, you know, want to dive in on translating that piece of very good information, if you're considering this current scenario, getting it out to teachers and parents. You know, what's that like? You know, and the new guidance was issued last week. We immediately posted that out onto our www.lpsb.org website. You can go right there. There's a dedicated icon to it. Uh, you, you can see it right there. I would encourage everyone to to go to that site to look at that and read it. We also push it out in a media release. So we're, we're trying to make this information as available as possible. You know, if I could have people think about this in the simplest terms, McHugh, when people say school, what do you think of when people say school? What, is, what does the word school mean to you? Does that mean English, math, science, social studies? Does that mean football, basketball, volleyball, tennis, golf? Does that mean P.E.? Does that mean getting a nutritious meal every day, McHugh? Does that mean making sure that children have physical activity? And most importantly, does school mean making those ever so vital social-emotional connections with their peers as well as with adults? So when people say school, here's the one definition that I have for school. It is the education of the whole child. And I hope people understand when I say whole child. School is more than academics. 
Oh, it's more than sports, too. I know that might disappoint some people out there, but but it really is. And I want you to think about how our schools say serve as safe havens for so many children, right. how they can come to our school. And not only do they get fed every day, I want you to know they get nutritious meals every day. Those meals have to meet federal guidelines. So when we say we're feeding children, we're not throwing something together and having the child eat it. We're looking at the whole child. So when you read this article, I'm begging you to keep that in mind. When somebody says school to you, stop for just a minute and say, what does school actually mean? And when you do that, McHugh, I think you can see this kind of in a different light, and you can kind of start understanding why we think it's so, so important for us to reopen schools. And let me not leave out one other thing on that real quick. We need to reopen schools because our parents need to support their family. They need to be able to go to work, and they need to know what daycare they need to get. And that's why we're pushing forward on August 7th. Folks, make no mistake about it. When Livingston Parish Public Schools puts this together, we have to have a plan. We have to follow the guidelines. We have to do all those things. But here is the number one thing we need to do. Our children and our community are in need right now. And the services we provide go way beyond academics or sports or any of those things. It is vital that we provide the services when we are employees of Livingston Parish Public Schools. We're dedicated to the well-being of children. If we look at this from the well-being of children and we take into account all the risk, and I, I'm not denying there's, there's, there's not risk in the middle of this. Please, please don't misunderstand me. Please don't misunderstand me. They're a risk. But when you start looking at the risk of not reopening our schools, I want people to understand that potentially could be absolutely devastating to the well-being, not only of our children and our employees, but to our community. And I think that's the reason we are so focused on trying to reopen our schools. And I, I'm sorry for that long answer, but but that's really what I'm here for today. I'm here for the people. Well, and it's okay to have a long answer because they're here to hear from you. That's why I never point the camera at me. I always point it at my guests. You so, might be better off if you pointed it somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, right. I, they don't want to see me. They don't want to see you. There, there are some ducks on the wall. Uh, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? I yeah. uh, have some uh, subtitles under there and just run it under the duck. So, you know, you covered it. You covered all the high points of the paper. Uh, you know, want to get in real quick, 90 seconds to two minutes on some of the individual parts of that. Okay. And you know, one of the first things that they talk about from the CDC is education. The interesting thing that they bring up, and I kind of want to hear this from you from an educator standpoint, which, and you've been there, is educational sliding, which you Absolutely. get when the schools are closed. Absolutely. So that's a big point they bring up in the educational portion. Of course, they bring up the help it provides for lower income families and middle income families that need their kids, you know, to be in school during the day. Absolutely. But I want you to, uh, 
we'll kind of cover that in a second, but I want you to talk about sliding first. You know, sliding is, it's the pandemic didn't create uh, educational sliding. Let, let's be honest here. Right. The, the conversation for years and years and years is a regression when schools are out during the summer. If you look at the research, you will spend weeks looking at all the research and you can find a lot of different research that support the fact that children regress if they're not in school. Now, let's just be honest here. Our children haven't been in school since March 13th. That was our last day. So they've been out since March 13th to May 22nd. And then, of course, during the summertime, you know, our our normal break. Now, we did have some summer programs and we ran through that. Sliding is the inability of some children not to retain the information that they've been presented. Or maybe it's not as much about as retention as it is about mastering that skill. Yes, that skill was introduced. Yes, they understood that skill. But did they put it to use? Is there a practical use to it? Can they recall that information? Sliding is a naturally... Listen, let's just be real honest here. I'm 64 years old, and I've slid a lot since I was 30 years old, right? Sure. We, we all do. But I want you to understand that that happens to children, too. And, and where sliding bothers us the most is in the real small children, because they're still getting those foundational skills, and we, we can't afford to let those gaps be there and not try to fill those gaps. We need, you want to know why our K-2 children are coming back five days a week? That's why our K-2 children are coming back five days a week. That particular group of children, we feel like, are still in that foundational learning period, and it's absolutely important that they have that face-to-face instruction. Right, and it was something you brought up in the first podcast, and I'm glad you said that because, you know, they're still getting that vocal which is why, ma- you know, masks aren't necessarily going to be required because there's still a lot of training that's required for vocal interaction with e- with each other, you know. And um, we we talked a little bit about this in the first podcast, so I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. I really would invite you guys to go back and listen to it. You can find it at www.livingstonparisnews.com backslash podcast. If you're watching, you can see Mr. Joe Murphy. You can look for the other picture of him. <laughs> but want to talk about connectivity, especially for those lower income. Just real quick, y'all have gotten some money. You're working with those lower income families, trying to keep them connected. We, we are. You know, we, we've already made some progress on extending our network where we could provide a little more connectivity. But I want, I want people to understand this also. We're still in the process of looking at other means to provide connectivity across this parish. As a matter of fact, I have a call tomorrow regarding connectivity with our local Bessie member and some some other providers in our area. I have another meeting, uh, 1030 Friday morning, same kind of scenario. But now let's let's be real honest here. The connectivity problem and whether or not you have service in your home is a problem that exists everywhere. Sure. It is not exclusive to Livingston Parish, and it's certainly not exclusive to Louisiana. This is an issue that it, that exists everywhere. And let's be real honest. If we had the solution today, the implementation would still take a significant amount of time. Right. So we are. I want to assure everybody that we are working on this. We're looking at providers. I'm meeting with providers, and we're looking at ways to try to mitigate that connectivity issue. And if I may, one more time, and I'm I'm regressing here. Forgive me just a second. Every time I've interviewed with McHugh, and I talked about K to two, I've said K to two. It's pre K to two. 
I've got some kind of mental block about not including pre-K in that five days a week. How dare you exclude it's the pre-K? pre-K and, and I'll guarantee you my pre-K supervisor will be all over me when I get back to the office. Well, hopefully they'll keep watching and we'll understand that you made that correction. So again, pre-K to second grade. Uh, and it's very important for that. And, and rolling into, well, real quick, I do want to say there are still, if you're lacking equipment or things like that, there are other ways the school system can help. Uh, please contact your local school. There are forms to fill out. So we've talked about especially that development at a young age. Yeah. One of the things that the paper talks about it or the CDC guidelines talk about, it rolls through the entirety. And you've already talked about this, but kind of want to get your uh, opinion on maybe a singular example or exactly how it could affect kids. But the school system is developing a whole kid. It's a well-rounded child. And the CDC discusses that. So tell us a little bit about what you have seen as an educator when a child is not participating in that. System. This is really a simple thing. And I want you, let me, let me give you an analogy. Okay. You get up in the morning, you go to work, you don't eat breakfast, you don't eat lunch, you don't have a snack. And at four o'clock, your boss walks in and asks you to produce a report. Now, let me ask you a question. Are you thinking about producing that report? Or are you thinking about, man, I am hungry right now and I really need something to eat? I'm going to be frank with you. I've been in that position way too often, uh, especially when I was younger and didn't take as good a care of myself. But yes, I know the feeling. And yeah, you, the only, you're not focused. The only thing you're really focused on is trying to get home, trying to get something to eat. And I say that. I don't say it to, to uh, poke fun at it or, or make fun at it. McHugh, it's a simple thing. As, as humans, we have to take care of our basic needs before we move into that, that realm to where we can learn and we can retain. So when we talk about the whole child, that's kind of what I'm talking about, is if we don't address, if we just take those kids and hand them a test and say, well, you didn't do good on this test, and not tell them why they didn't go, do good on that test. The question to my to you would be, what good have we done that child? So when we say the whole child, we have a responsibility for that child. Nutritionally, socially, emotionally, academically, from a, a physical standpoint, and, and, and I, you're right, I just keep rehashing the, the points that's made in the, in the CDC guidance here. But, but that's why we're I, I really want people to understand that. And you want to know why we're passionate about reopening our schools? That's why we're passionate about reopening our schools. Right. That's, listen, folks, this is what we do. We want your child. I know this is going to sound like a cliche. We love your child. We want what's best for your child. We want your child to love us back. Because if we can make that connection, I guarantee you, learning will happen and children will thrive and be successful. So, it's a difficult topic. But it was mentioned in the guidance. You brought it up before. And you just said it again. You know, you you love the kids, but school for some kids is a safety net. It is a place for them to either get out of a bad situation or, you know, maybe the parents are just so stressed out because they're working three jobs and the kid Absolutely. the kid needs adult supervision that kind of Tell us, you know, from an educator standpoint, you've also been an administrator and now you're superintendent. 
Tell us a little bit about that. If, if you could just sit in, McHugh, on some of the conversations that our principals, our guidance counselors, our teachers, our custodians, our school food service workers, our bus drivers, if you could just sit in on some of the personal conversations they have with kids every day. I'm not talking about the pandemic. That's not what I'm talking about here. If you just knew what those conversations were, you would perfectly understand why we think it's so important for our kids to be back in school. You know, children are wonderful. They will tell you anything. If you don't believe it, ask them and they will tell you. Sometimes they definitely overshare. And, and, but that's what makes this profession special. It's not a curriculum or a lesson plan or, or any of that. It is that personal connection. And in this pandemic, with our schools closed, that personal connection is at risk. And we want to bring back that personal connection. For those parents who can't do that, who is, that's just not an option for. Yes, we're providing a virtual instruction. Yes, please take advantage of it. But folks, with, if you can, if you can, in any possible way, Give us your kids, and we're going to take care of them. We're going to take care of them. So, you know, we talked a little bit about it, too. Physical activity is a big deal, as is nutrition. They kind of go hand in hand, in a way. You know. Except when it comes to me. Ah, yeah. (laughs) Another reason why the camera's pointing another way. Nobody wants to look at me. Uh, But we're talking about you know, getting kids back on campus, getting that physical activity and getting that good nutrition, you know, from an educator standpoint, before we kind of move in to wrapping this up, tell us a little bit about how important that is for a lot of kids, especially with the number who are saying, well, if I'm in virtual, can I get a meal? And you said, yes, you can. Yes. Um, you know, this is a generation of we call it Generation Z is what we call it. And, and we talk about all the time about the lack of physical activity within this generation because everything is immediate. Everything's at your fingertips. You can access. Listen, all you have to do is pick up one device, pick up your mom, your dad's cell phone or pick up your cell phone. And you have. Think about this. You have more information at your fingertips than your parents or your grandparents or your great parents had in their lifetime. They were able to communicate in their lifetime. But with that comes, we're talking about a child being connected virtually and a child being connected through a device. Do you also understand there's a disconnect from a social emotional? There, there's difference. If, if you called me McHugh, and we're doing this Zoom instead of face-to-face, that's a whole different dynamic. Oh, sure. It it really is. That face-to-face interaction is at risk here. We need to provide every service we can, whether it's virtual, face-to-face, Zoom, Seesaw, Google Classroom, whatever you're talking about, we need to supply all that. But I want people to understand today how important we think that that interaction is, that that interaction between that 
between those those children. They miss their friends. You have a teenager. You know your dad, and that's great, but they need to see their friends. Oh, yeah. Do you think that's any different from a kindergartner's perspective? Oh, no. They need to see their friends. Sure. And that social interaction, if we can get those children back in school, is so, so important. And, and let me go ahead and tell you, yes, my teenager would much rather see his friends than me. That's, that. you know, I'm, I'm, I've been described as hard fill in the blank. Uh, so, but one of the things that we, you know, we, this, the CDC guidance, we've walked through it. That's what they're trying to spell out, that it is good for your child to return to school. There are tons of benefits, but we know there's a risk. There are risks, and I would never deny those risks. Right. I, I, I understand that. May I kind of shift the audience here for just a second, please? Sure. So when I start talking about risk, I think there's one target audience here that that I absolutely need to speak to. I don't I don't need to speak to them. I'm obligated to speak to them. And that's my employees. Folks, I understand there's risk. I understand there's uncertainty. And you have all these voices in your head saying this, this, and this. Let me be honest. I'm not going to be able to, to mitigate all that risk. I'm going to do everything. We're going to do everything we can to do that. I can't quiet all those voices in your head talking about all this. Here's what I'm asking you to do. As you calculate that risk for you, and I'm talking to the employees here, I want you to also calculate the risk of our children not returning to our schools. Let me just be honest here, McHugh. I've been out here a while now. I have seen our employees rise to every challenge, some that I never thought they would rise to. And I'm not going to spend a whole time talking about the flood of 2016, but if you could have just witnessed what our employees did during the midst of that and how they rose to their communities and they met the needs of their children, I cannot understand why we would not do the same here. Employees, at the risk of sounding way over the top here, I want you to know that I love you that I appreciate you, I admire you, and I respect you. I'm asking you to do the same things that I've seen you do a million times before. I'm asking you to step forward and take care of our kids. It's just that simple. And we know that there are over 26,000 kids in this Yes, They need people to be there in front of them. They need those teachers to help them. And, you know, I, I, I respect that message. Before we got started, uh, we had a question for you today about how to respond if somebody tested positive. Today, you and the central office received new guidance from the Louisiana Department of Health. Uh, right before I came <laughs> to this podcast, actually. So, you know, first, take 30 seconds and kind of tell us about, you know, what your process is when you receive these, this new stuff, and then we're going to tell parents 
and faculty and anybody else how they're going to be able to get in. Yes, uh, and I will give you this in real time. Okay. You know, I, I, we received this. I received it uh, right before I came to this podcast today. I immediately walked into one of my assistant superintendent's office and I said, look, this is brand new. Right. We've got to get on this right now because people want to know if I have a teacher or I have an employee, not just a teacher, an employee, or if I have a kid that's positive. What do we do? What what does that look like? Right. I left my leadership team in a room, all of them with their head down, going over this information. It's not all new information. It's not. Mm-hmm. But we're going to go back through that and see if there was things that was changed about what is the uh, Louisiana Department of Health's recommendations in these cases. We will produce a document that will be readily available on our website and will be readily available at our schools as to the process if a child or an adult tests positive. What is the procedures going forward? Now, we have pushed out some information on this, but I'm going to be real honest. The guidance keeps changing about every other day. Right. And here's the big problem. Uh, has anybody looked at the calendar lately? August 7th is right around the corner. Yep. So we're, we're doing everything we can. We're My leadership team right now is going over that, and they text me just a few minutes ago and said, hey – when can you meet with us tomorrow to discuss this? So we'll have that discussion tomorrow. I would hope that we'll be able to produce those documents and get it to the community no later than Friday of this week. No later than Friday of this week. Because let's face it, that's the big question that, that people are asking. Right. That is a big question. And as soon as you have that, we'll pick it up. You'll be sharing it on social media. I'm sure the schools will be sharing it. There will also be final documentation in orientation packets, correct? Y'all will be producing those. So there will be a lot of different ways to get it. Please be on the lookout for it. Again, Superintendent Murphy, we appreciate you joining us. Anything you want to wrap up with? Yes, uh, and I, I, I apologize because it looks like I'm, I'm focusing on a group here. And, and to be honest with you, I am. Employees, all employees, no matter what your job title is, it doesn't matter. And this goes for me, too. We need you. We, we have to have you to be successful. Employees, when I leave this office today, I will be releasing a letter to you personally about some of these things. That letter will be posted on our website. I will leave a copy with Mr. McHugh David here today at the Livingston Parish News, and I will be sending you an email through our Group email is called LPPSDL. I'll be releasing that letter to our employees later today. So we teach the whole child. We need your children. Our employees really do love our kids and care about our kids. We want to see them again. It is my greatest hope then on August 7th, our schools reopen and we're successful with your child. Thank you for trusting us. Thank you for putting our faith, your faith in us. And above all, thank you for your patience. You've shown going through this 
And may we may God bless us all in the midst of all this. McHugh, I would like to thank you for the opportunity for this podcast today. This is something that we felt like was really necessary to happen at this time. Absolutely. And we appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Want to let folks know, uh, please remember, school starts next Friday, August 7th. We are expecting an announcement, maybe Monday, maybe Tuesday. We'll find out. We start the 7th if the governor says we start the 7th. Right. And we expect the governor's announcement early next week. That's what I'm going to start using because I never know if it's going to be Monday or Tuesday. One last time, my name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news. Appreciate you guys joining us for the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show, a podcast brought to you by the Livingston Parish News. We are on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. We are once a week in print on Thursdays at $7 a month. We're also online. These podcasts are free. Uh, They come to all your podcast platforms. We also have them on our website, www.livingstonparishnews.com backslash podcast. Mr. Murphy, again, appreciate you joining us. We do hope you all enjoyed this podcast, and we do hope that you will subscribe to our YouTube and our podcast channels. We will catch you next time.